Hi y'all, welcome to today's episode. This episode is not going to be the most exciting or fun, and I will tell you why. If you missed the last episode, I was talking about how I am no longer the president of or even a member of the MSU Collegiate Cattle Women, and it's a whole situation, which my original intention was to talk about it at the beginning of the last episode, but I realized it didn't, you know, it wasn't a part of that episode. And so I decided what I wanted to do was talk about it as well as my experience in FFA because it's a very similar thing happening where it was people who ruined the organization for me and talk about what that has taught me about supporting others who want to get into agriculture. And hopefully that can also serve as a lesson for other people. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what this episode is going to be about. And I do have a quick little disclaimer before we get into it. Number one, there is a very high possibility that I will cry. Um, that is just the type of person that I am. I am a crier. Everyone thinks I'm just overly sensitive, which probably is true. Uh, but if I get upset, overstimulated, frustrated, anything, I do start crying and it's very hard for me to control it. So I do apologize in advance if I do start crying. I have not gotten through a single practice run without crying. So who knows? Maybe I will. Um, but if it makes you uncomfortable to see me cry or anybody cry, please feel free to skip this. I don't want anyone feeling uncomfortable. And also, you know, you could also skip to the end just to hear my after part. Although I should not be crying around the FFA talking part because I'm beyond that situation now. Um, the next thing is I will not be using any names or any descriptive identifying features or anything because I am not one to continue drama or create it. And my goal here today is simply share these experiences from my point of view and how they made me feel and like what I learned from it and not to, you know, cause anything onto other people. I have no ill intent against anyone who was a part of this story. Um, and so, yeah, if you know me in real life, you know the people who were involved in this situation, even without me having to say it, please do not try to cause any in, like any problems. Um, and the last thing I want to say here, there's probably something I will say a couple times throughout this episode, is please do not take these experiences as a reason to not join an organization or these organizations specifically. I do very much so believe in the organizations themselves. It was simply the people that were in the chapters that I was in that were the problem here. Um, so again, I, I'm not telling you don't join, join, don't join these organizations because I fully think you should if you want to. Um, so yeah. As always, um, I do have my outline over here, and it's not, you know, word for word what I'm going to be saying, but I will get sidetracked, so it has, you know, the important talking points that I want to make sure that I do say. So, starting off, um, we're going to go back to the beginning of the summer. I was the vice president of the chapter, and last year, I had signed up for a position. They never received my email. And I eventually offered to do their social media because nobody was doing social media. And that was what I was doing. So I was like an unofficial position. And by the time we hit second semester, 
every officer but me and the treasurer had dropped out. And so we were doing everything. And she became president and I became vice president for this year. Well, right before school started, she emailed me and our advisor and said, hey, I just have too much going on on my plate. Um, I, I need to step down. And so I became president, um, which I was totally fine with. It was always my goal to make it to president. I didn't think I would be getting it so early, but I did. And um, in total, there were five officers. There was me, the treasurer, the secretary, and two education chairs. And at the start of the semester, we had five. Then we dropped an education chair, and then we got one back. So through this part, we still had five people. Now, I thought things were going good up until the situation occurred in October because nothing was ever said to me, um, which I don't think that was ever like a, I just was blind to the issues. I think it was no one actually ever approached me. And so I was living in my own belief of this is all going great. And I had actually made some changes to try to make the club more inviting and fun and also try to create a supportive environment. Because the thing is, um, we had very dry meetings before, and I was the one who came up with the idea of let's do something fun afterwards. And this is going to come back up in a little bit. Um, So I did that. And then also, as someone who was in the hospitality club, as a hospitality major, my entire thing in life is helping other people and their needs and making sure people feel supported and connected. And, you know, I have an episode, I think it's episode three about networking. And uh, in this industry, it's so important about networking and everything. So I wanted to create a supportive and comforting environment for all the underclassmen because we got a lot this year. We had a lot of freshmen, a couple sophomores who decided to join. So I just, I really wanted to create an environment where they felt safe and supported and all that. Um, But in October, I had received a text from one of the officers and she was like, we need to have an officer meeting. And this came out of nowhere to me. If I remember correctly, I think I was sitting in the library trying to do homework and I just get this message and I'm like, what the heck? And in the past, I tried to do officer meetings. But um, they were honestly a waste because I remember one, I think we agreed like 4.30 is when we'd meet and there was only two people who were going to come and one of them didn't even show up until five and the other one needed to leave at five. And I was like, why did we even have this meeting if we're not going to respect my time, respect your guys' time? Um, And then anytime I asked for opinions, no opinions were given. So I constantly would be like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Nothing. Any emails I sent would go ignored. And so finally, I just decided to stop asking them their opinion because why do it if you're not going to give it to me or be helpful in any way? Um, And even though I said, like, I thought things were going good, there were definitely issues that I was noticing, but just were choosing to ignore. For example, I felt like I really was doing somebody's job because it wasn't even I was taking it over. It was it was constantly, Bailey, will you do this? Bailey, will you do that? And I was like, why am I doing basically what is your entire job? Because you keep asking me to do it. Um, but so this meeting was on a Saturday. And when I went into the meeting, I had a list of things that I wanted to talk about. And I still have the 
list. I think I have it pulled up on my computer actually of everything I wanted to talk about. And then I also went in there with an open mind. I wanted to hear what they had to say. I was willing to, you know, listen and try to fix things. Um, and some of the things I was told, number one, I was told that the president role meant nothing, that it was just a title, which to me, I did not agree. I saw the president role as a job. Honestly, I was working on cattle women stuff every single day. I felt like I had worked hard to earn that position. Um, and it really hurt me being told that it meant nothing. But at the same time, if my position means nothing, then that means so do none of the other ones. You know, treasurer doesn't take care of money. Secretary doesn't do notes. Education does not do the educational stuff. Because if you look at the bylaws, the president has the most duties and it's also the top position you can get to and you have to work to it. Um, so I just felt like it was funny that they thought my position meant nothing. Um, but yeah, and then there were some things that were said that honestly felt like it was just an attack on me. For example, I had created a website for us and I was told that the website looked like it was poorly made. It was just thrown together, which at the previous meeting, first of all, a meeting prior to the previous meeting, I said, hey guys, is it cool if I create a website for us and everything? And everyone was okay with this idea. So I create the website and I have to say of like the five or six websites I've created in my entire life, this was probably what I was the most proud of. And at the meeting, I was like, hey guys, I did the website. It's not finished. You know, obviously there's things that can be changed or added or whatever. And so we go through the entire website and not a single person said anything was wrong with it. And so at this meeting being told, it looks like it's poorly constructed. That felt like it was just an attack on me because nobody had taken the earlier opportunity to say, Hey, this doesn't look good. Um, but then I was also told that all the members were constantly coming to them saying that they didn't like me. They didn't like how I was doing things. And I have to say, um, trying to isolate me from people and say things like that is a really, really great way to hurt me. Not that I'm trying to give everyone ammunition now. Um, but I, number one, it's in my experience that if someone says everyone, it's not actually everyone, but I do also battle mental health issues every single day. And one of the things that I battle is I have this idea in my head that every single person in the entire world hates me. And even though that is not rat rationally possible, it's still your irrational side who thinks it. And so in that moment, I'm just sitting here like, wow, everybody is sitting here and doesn't like me. And nobody has said a word to me prior to this. And by the end of that meeting, I felt like I had been stripped of all my duties and had no say anymore. I was told I was not allowed to send emails anymore, which... That was something I could understand a little bit of blame that I, or not even blame, just maybe could have done better with because I'm the type of person that if things are happening, you know, pieces are falling into place, I will send an email. I will let people know. And they got mad that this one week I sent a bunch of emails and I get it. It was probably too many emails, but at the same time, I didn't think about, oh, you know, maybe this is going to get done next. So just wait and you can send one email. It was this got done, let's send an email. That got done, send an email. Um, and so, yeah, they were like, you don't get to send emails anymore. And then they hated how I was doing the meetings, which as I said, like that was my one piece of power 
when I talked to our advisor, um, she was like, you control the meetings. You're the president. You get to decide how you want to do your meetings and everything. And I had already made a change in that because last year it was a Google document was what the agenda was. It was put up on the board. We'd read through it. That was the entire meeting. And so I wanted to make it a little more engaging. So I made a slideshow every week of everything. Um, and then also, first of all, um, being told they don't like how I'm doing meetings, how it's not fun. It's just super boring. They feel like they're in class. Number one, this is a professional club. It's like if you were a pre-law major and you joined the pre-law club, it's it's a professional club because um, we are associated with the Montana Cattle Women. We're not Montana Cattle Women members unless we go pay the dues, but we are affiliated with them. And the whole thing here is an educational club and it's professional. And even then, like I said, I was the person who tried to make after meetings fun. And also, I was following the Roberts Rules of Order, which is in the bylaws, as something that I need to do. And I didn't even know what that was. Um, I talked with my mom about it later, and she's like, well, how are you doing the meetings? And I was like, you know, we start the meeting, read the meeting minutes from the previous meeting, um, vote on or motion to approve it. Then old business, new business, anything that needs to be voted, you know, somebody motions, somebody seconds, meeting adjourned, all that. And my mom goes, that's literally what the Roberts Rules of Order is. Like, you follow that exactly as you should be. And I was like, see, I didn't even know what it was and I was doing it. Um, so I wasn't doing anything that wasn't done last year or was out of ordinary. Like, I was doing what I was expected to do. Um, and so... Yeah. And then after that, I just, I felt like I had no say. Anything I said was automatically shut down. And I will say with this entire meeting, our advisor was not there because she asked if I wanted her there. And I was like, no, I need to try to like handle this as president, which was stupid of me. I should have had her there. Um, and then of the five officers, one was not able to make it. The other one kind of just sat there. Like she didn't really have much to say. And so it was like a two against one situation where I felt like anything I said got shut down. And afterwards, it was like they felt like they had all the power now. Anything I said immediately shut down. They didn't care what it was. Um, so I I walked away so upset from that meeting. And I tried calling my mom, but I think she had a migraine. And like I said, this was Saturday. So Monday, I call her after class, and I sobbed on the phone with her for two hours because I was so upset about what had happened. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not one to make quick decisions. Like I sit there, I think it through. Um, and so for the fact that I immediately was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And also the fact that at the same time, I was fighting all these like demons in the sense of, you know, I'm letting everybody down. I'm a failure. If I quit now, I'm a failure. Like all these things. But at the same time, I was willing to accept that because I didn't think I deserved to be treated that way. Because in this meeting, all the blame had to be on me. There were things, there was a lot of communication issues, I will say. And there were definitely things that I was like, yeah, okay, that was my fault. Like, for example, they got mad at me because they were like, you, any decision that's made, that's not a group decision. You're not telling us before you tell the rest of the club. And while I can understand they would want that, nobody ever told me that. And same goes for any other communication thing where they're like, we feel like you're doing everything 
And I was like, well, I can't read your mind. I don't know if you want to take on more responsibility because I'm not going to sit here and just keep piling it on you and then have you hate me because I'm giving you too much. Um, and at the same time, I could have said, you know, hey, do you want to take more on? Um, but so, you know, communication's a two-way street and it was everything had to be my fault. They were not to blame for anything. And I don't think that was fair on me because, again, it's a two-way street. But my mom was like, you need to talk to your advisor. Don't just make a quick decision. Clue her in on what's going on. Talk with her and, you know, think about it. And so I knew she was right. And at the same time, my mom is a very rational person. She was a police officer, so she's used to investigating and all that. And she constantly acknowledged that, like, she was only hearing my side of the story. But at the same time, like, she was, you know, offering insight and everything, which I did greatly appreciate, even if she was like, well, you know, that's on you or anything. But I texted our advisor. I was like, hey, can we meet this week? And she was like, yeah, I have some availability on Thursday. So I went to her between my second and last class. So I had like an hour break, went to her office. And as always, I had a full meeting agenda, which again, I still have because I'm the type of person where I create documentation and I hold on to it for a while in case I ever need it for any reason. Um, but literally the first thing on the list is I might cry, like apologies in advance, and I couldn't even get that out before I was sobbing in her office. And I was in there for an hour crying to her about what had happened, how I was feeling like I was not appreciated or valued in any way when arguably I've put in the most time, energy, and effort out of anybody into this club because I was the only person who served as an officer last year who currently is serving. I'm the oldest person in the club. I've been doing stuff, you know, every single day working on it and doing all this stuff. And I was like, I feel like everything I'm doing, number one, they don't appreciate it or value it. But number two, it's like they don't care. Like they disregard anything that I do. And another thing here is I've kind of touched on this is the club is built on the foundation of our education program. When I joined, it was because of the education program. It was called the Cheeseburger Program. This is something that the Montana Cattle Women have been doing. And what it was is we would go to elementary schools and we would teach them about agriculture, specifically the beef industry, hence the cattle women. Um, but the problem is it hasn't been happening for like six or so years. And the reason for that, number one, is Bozeman does not want to teach agriculture. And that was something that they got mad at me for saying constantly. They were like, well, you shouldn't word it like that. And I was like, well, it's the truth. Bozeman does not want to teach agriculture. They, the community wants it, but the school district does not. Um, so like they don't have an FFA or anything, but they also don't want us coming into schools because we're strangers. And I totally understand that aspect of it. But you know, when someone gets put into an office position and they always campaign and talk about, you know, what their agenda is. My agenda was to like figure out what we could do for the education program to adapt it, to make it work now and get it up and running again. Because last year she said, if we, and I'm saying our advisor here said, if we did not figure it out and get the education program back up and going, 
and get more members, the club was going to die. And this club has been around for a very long time. And I did not want to see that happen. And, and when she said it last year, I don't think I really believed her. I was like, no, no, we're fine. We're, we're going to get it going. Um, and the thing was, it felt like no one cared about the education program. Any idea I came up with was shot down. Any time I brought it up, we didn't want to talk about it. We only want to talk about the fun things, which again, is not what this club is about. And so I was like, I feel like I'm the only person who cares about the, the education aspect of it. And so that was kind of a major battle that we had. Um, but so after talking through all that, she asked if I would at least stay till December to think on it and not, you know, just leave. But if I ultimately decided I didn't want to stay, I could leave before spring semester, which is what I did. Um, so I put up with it for another two months of this whole situation, which in hindsight, I kind of wish that I didn't, but at the same time, I didn't want to just up and quit because that again, would have made me feel like I was a failure. But that following week we had another meeting and then we had an officer meeting afterwards. And at the meeting, like the official meeting, I, I said to everyone, I go, if you have an issue with me, please come talk to me about it. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, please talk to our advisor. That's what she's here for. If you have a problem with anyone else, same, come to me or come to her. Because again, to be told that everyone is going to these officers um, and talking about how much they don't like me, first of all, I can see a small group of them possibly because they were buddies with these two officers. But in the other side, I feel like it might've been them complaining about me to these members, which in that case, if that is what was happening, you are an officer and someone who's supposed to be a role model. You should not be talking shit about the president to members. That's not, you know, how we do things. And furthermore, if you have an issue with someone, and you don't talk to them about it, and you just talk to everyone else and everything, that is not problem solving. It is talking shit and it is gossiping. And I don't stand for that. Listen, I am one for gossip. I love hearing all the tea and everything. But at the same time, it's never just talking absolute shit about somebody. It's always like talking about a situation. But in this case, you know, I was like, if everyone's so-called hates me and everything, that is something that needs to be addressed with me or if they're not comfortable talking to me, which I don't know why they wouldn't because I try to make myself seem super available and everything, go talk to our advisor. That is what she's here for. Um, but so then I passed out index cards and I said, what I want you guys to do is write down what your feelings for the club are, you know? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are there things that, you know, there's issues, things you want to have happen, whatever. It's anonymous. You can put your name on it if you want. Otherwise, just write, you know, what you're feeling. Write something. And so I'm going to read you guys these, which only five members showed up. So I have all five sitting right here. Um, and mind you, I was, I was told prior to this that nobody liked me or how I was doing things. There's a lot of new people. Maybe we could do some more introductions. This is true. We had two different events that were like a recruitment types events. So there was the big college fair one. And then there was like a agriculture club only one. 
And so we got a lot of new people at the agriculture one that was like a week or two after the original one. And so I totally get it. We did introductions at the first meeting and then we didn't do it past that. So that was a suggestion, but nothing that was like they had an issue. I think the club is being ran perfectly fine. Not sure why people are complaining about you. And then was talking about how she would really love to help out more with like the education program and also anything else that we do. She just wanted to be more involved. Again, not an issue. This one, maybe we could do some like community service. Like we need to meet a certain amount of hours. Great idea. Um, she had a previous position and was willing to like work with me and help me with stuff if I needed it. Also not an issue. These two are upside down. Um, I don't have any problems with how things are being ran. I think the club is great and I like how it's being ran. So not a single person said that they did not like me or did not like how things were being ran. So after reading those, I felt like this was truly a personal attack on me. And it wasn't that all these people were feeling this way. It was they, they were feeling this way. And so then we had an officer meeting and the main instigator, because of these two people, there was one who was like the main person. They did not show up. And another little fact to add into this is this is someone I considered a friend. She had been over to my apartment multiple times. We hung out. Like, I genuinely considered her a friend. And I don't have many people that I, I do actually consider a friend here. And so the fact that she suddenly was the person who had an issue with me. And then also the other person was someone I thought I was, like, friendly with. And it suddenly just felt like they became best friends and they hated me. And I truly do not know where that came from. And as I've said, if you have an issue with someone, but you don't tell them and you just let it sit and fester and you keep getting angrier and angrier, but they don't know anything's happening, when you finally explode and it comes out, to them, this has come out of nowhere. They don't know why this has happened and you're so pissed off about the situation that like it's been blown out of proportion. So I don't know if maybe like a month or two prior, something had happened that made them angry at me and they just sat on it for a very long time or what, because for me, this felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, but so our advisor was at that officer meeting and because the one wasn't there, the other one kind of backed down and I didn't let myself get walked all over at this meeting which I did at the first meeting. I will say that that is a problem that I have. I have a problem saying no. I have a problem standing up for myself. I can easily stand up for other people, but standing up for myself is a problem and it's something that I strive to work on. But, you know, in this instance, I did let the two of them walk all over me in the first meeting and I was not doing that the second one. Um, but so I asked for clarification on things like how the website looked like it was all thrown together, whatever. There was no response. Um, they had nothing to back them up, which as my mom said to me, she said, if you offer criticism and you don't explain how it is that, you know, like it looks horrible because that's not constructive criticism. That is a personal attack. And it, the more I asked for clarification on all these things, the more it was, this was just an attack on me because I was the person who did these things. Um, and I would also like to say when I said I was not allowed to send emails or anything anymore, when I told her advisor that, she absolutely laughed and was like, you can send all the emails that you want. Um, but I did step down and one of them took over emails for the most part. I occasionally did send an email. Um, 
but I would say that that meeting went good for the most part, mainly because the one wasn't there and also because our advisor was there. So I felt like, you know, again, I wasn't walked all over and I was actually able to talk and feel like I was actually being heard. But after that, um, I became isolated and ignored. We had four more meetings and the one after that, I was super sick. Uh, the day prior, I had thrown up for the first time in seven years and it destroyed my body. I was so exhausted. I was not eating because I was so scared if I ate, I was going to throw up again. I forced myself to go to school and, you know, make it through there. And so we decided we would do officer meetings before the actual meeting. And so I was like, I could just text him and be like, hey, I need you to run the meeting. But then we had this officer meeting and apparently there was things that need to be talked about. There really was not actually. Um, there was no point in me going, but I showed up. I then told everybody, I was like, hey guys, I'm super sick. I'm going to go home. And then, um, you know, I did. But prior to that, I was being completely ignored and isolated from everyone. If there was a conversation happening and I tried to join in, I immediately was like, change a topic, can't be in there. Um, they would not invite me into conversations, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? <sighs> like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even think of the word. Your like body, you know, what's the word here? <sighs> I'm buffering. Anyways, seeing people's like, the way they were, they were turned away from me. They weren't, you know, engaged with me or anything. And so I felt like I was being completely ignored by them. And that happened every meeting after that. Um, the next meeting was before Thanksgiving break. And again, same thing, just being ignored. And the hardest part was I didn't want the members to know. Like this was an officer only problem. And so I was trying to keep it that way. I didn't want them to know that there was issues going on or anything. And that was hard when I'm standing in front of everybody waiting for a meeting to start and I'm not being talked to and I'm just having to pretend that everything's okay when it really wasn't. And I was deeply hurting by the fact that nobody was talking to me. And again, that, it's just such petty high school like drama behavior to do stuff like that. Um, but we then went to Thanksgiving, come back, and we had two more meetings. One was like an official meeting and then the other one was our Christmas party. And after the official meeting, same as always, being ignored, everyone left and I called my mom because, you know, she's known about this situation. I needed to talk to somebody. And one of our members walks back in and she's like, I was like, what do you need? And she goes, could you possibly give me a ride home? And I was like, yeah, of course. And as we're walking out, because I obviously hang up with my mom because I'm not going to talk about this situation in front of members because, again, I'm not trying to drag them into the problem or create drama. And as we're walking out, she goes, okay, so what's wrong? And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, I can tell something's up. And so I was like, I'm going to tell her I needed someone outside of my family to talk to because I felt like I was just bothering them constantly with the situation. And I was like, you can't tell anybody, but, like, I'm leaving. And I told her, you know kind of the general gist of what was happening. And I was like, I was really trying not to let on that something was wrong. And she was like, I could tell something was up because you were no longer sending the emails 
And when I walked in that room, because she was like one of the last to walk in, it was just cold. Like they were not talking to you. You just looked so alone and everything. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how it's been since all of that. Um, but, you know, she was so sweet, super supportive. She actually started listening to the podcast after that. So she's listening now. Love you. Um, but yeah, then we had one more meeting. This was the week before finals. And it was our white elephant gift exchange. Again, same as usual. I was being ignored, uh, except for some of the members. A lot of them showed up for that meeting because obviously everyone wanted a present and they were talking to me and everything. Um, and right at the end, this might be a part where I actually do start crying because every time I think about it, it does make me cry. Um, I think I had one person walk over to me to hug me because she needed to leave, go do homework and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Then another girl walks over and she was actually a friend of the two instigators and she was leaving. I don't know if she was switching schools or dropping out or what, but she gives me a hug and she whispers in my ear and she was like, you did so good this semester. And it made me want to just start crying immediately because this entire time for two months or more, I've been feeling like I'm just an absolute failure. And to have someone tell me that I actually was doing good, it, it was what I needed to hear. But so I left and I knew there was no way I was going to cook dinner that night. So I went and picked up food. And as I'm driving home, I realize this is the last thing I'm ever going to do with the club. Like this was my last night with them. And so I started sobbing as I drove home. And let me tell you, driving at night is hard. Driving at night while you're sobbing is even harder. Um, but so I texted my best friend and everything. And I was like, I know it was the right decision. But at the same time, like, it's just so upsetting to lose something that I cared so much about. And I did cry a lot that night. Um, but I mean, it wasn't my like official last thing ever because the following week I was getting blown up because we ordered gear, which I'm so happy that I wasted $90 on gear, which I am still going to get. Um, cause obviously I already paid for it. So I want the stuff that I paid for and worst case scenario, I just removed the stitching, but, um, that it was just like a whole situation where a lot of unreliability in their part and not on me. I kept having to be like, Hey, any update? Oh yeah, I'll do it later. Any update? I'll do it later. Just that constant, you know, not being reliable thing. Um, but I went on Christmas break and then I emailed our advisor early January and I was like, Hey, I haven't officially told you I am leaving. Um, I just want to say, you know, I really enjoyed the time that I got to spend with you. You're an amazing advisor, whether they recognize it or not. I really hope maybe I'll get a class with you or something. And then me being me, I had a checklist of like everything I needed to do. And I was like, you know, I'll make sure I do all these things. I have some stuff at my apartment that I got to return to our storage shed, all that. Um, I'll send an email letting everyone know I'm leaving, you know, just thank you again. And this past Tuesday, which again, today's Saturday, I sent the official email out to the club, which I'm actually going to pull up and read to you guys. I do not want to update my iPad. Leave me alone. Um, and I really thought about this. My mom was like, you should just be like, I'm leaving. Bye. And I was like, no, 
I, I want to go out feeling like I got to say what I wanted to say and actually be heard. Um, so I said, hi ladies, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas break. It is with a heavy heart, however, that I announced that I will be stepping down as president and leaving the club. This decision did not come lightly or quickly. Back in October, some issues arose and I was led to feel like my contributions and effort were not valued or appreciated. Whether it was intentional or not, I was being isolated from the rest of the club and ignored. At the start of the semester, I was so excited for each meeting and as I said, I took my position as president like a job. I worked on cattlewomen stuff every day. However, after the issues rose, I started dreading meetings and anything to do with the club. Please know that I truly enjoyed getting to know the new members last semester. I know so many of you are going to go on and do great things. Most of you have my personal contact information, so please feel free to reach out if you ever need anything. Since there wasn't a vice president, there's going to have to be an election, so I made sure to say something about that. And I said, there's one last thing I want to say. This club is about teaching others about agriculture and supporting those who want to be in the industry. It isn't about making yourself look better. Please remember to treat everyone with kindness and support those who want to join. Agriculture needs all the people that it can get. Thank you for the one semester I got to be your president. So I felt like that last little bit was needed. And I'm going to talk about this more in a little bit when I talk about like what I've learned from these experiences. But I constantly felt like I was being looked down on by people younger than me because I did not have as much experience as them in agriculture. And again, this club was about education and it felt like it was people who, not everyone, I, I want to clarify, not everyone like this, but quite a few people, it was to boost their own ego because they have been in agriculture for so long or whatever. Um, which again is not what this club is about. So I was like, I feel like I need to say that as a parting thing. I had to readjust really quickly before I continued. Um, but so yeah, I sent that out and everything. And I was kind of hoping people wouldn't contact me, especially the people who were part of the situation. Cause I felt like if they contacted me, it would be like to yell at me for this. Um, and I, I didn't know if anybody else would, but within an hour of sending that email, I did get a text message from the person who was supposed to be the president. Um, and let me see. So she said, Hey, I saw your email to the group. I feel like it was very well spoken. Thank you for all you've done this year thus far. I hope you can continue to advocate for ag. We always need wonderful people like you. And I had already been crying on and off this entire day. And so again, that was like something I needed to hear. And it just, it made me cry more because I was like, I'm, I needed that support. Um, and again, it was kind of like a too little too late, not in her case, cause she hadn't been able to be at meetings and stuff, but still it just, it sucked. And then yesterday I had one former member just randomly start snapping me. We haven't said a word to each other, but like it just keeps happening. And then I had another one send me a super long paragraph, which I put a little bit of it in my notes app so I could have it. Um, and this is someone who was definitely one of my favorite members because of how sweet she is. The fact that she really was like me and didn't come from an agricultural background and wanted to help people get into agriculture um, and just was so great. 
Um, but a couple times she said that she's really sorry that I didn't feel like I was valued as president or in general. But also she said, um, as far as I'm concerned, you did an exceptional job and you were the driving factor that's been keeping this club going. And then she also was like, you know, we talked about hanging out last semester, but it got away from me, but I would really love to hang out with you and, you know, get to know each other better. And I said, absolutely. So we are going to get dinner this week. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes and everything. But as of this moment, no one else has reached out. I did have one of the people in the situation text me and that was because of the gear. And basically it's, I'm going to have to go pick it up, which means I have to see her to go get the card to be able to pay for it. Um, so I'm really hoping that that situation just remains civil. However, I did unadd her on all social media because I didn't want that in my life and I didn't block her, but I've noticed that she keeps watching all of my Instagram stories, which makes me think that she turned my post notifications on and that kind of makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I'm being watched even after I removed myself from that situation. So I don't know how that's going to go moving forward. Um... But yeah, so technically today I'm supposed to go get the card from her, but she hasn't texted me back about what time to do that. And I will hopefully get that picked up on Monday, get my gear, return the rest to them. And hopefully that's the very last thing that I'm going to have to deal with in this situation. But I'm actually pretty proud of myself. Uh, the only time I started tearing up was at the point that I told you guys I was going to. Um, but that's basically that whole situation. And like I said, I'm still upset about it. I want to say, number one, I don't have any ill will on anyone. I'm a very strong believer. And if you wish bad on others, it comes back on you. And as my mom always says, have the day that you deserve. So my only hope here is, you know, they get what God thinks that they deserve. And I'm not going to try to tip the scales because that's how I feel. Um, but I forgive them and I've also removed myself from that. Like I'm not trying to actively engage with them. I'm not sitting here trying to speak badly about them or anything. I, again, just wanted to talk about the situation from my point of view and how it's made me feel. But again, this is something I had put so much into and the fact that, you know, I'm the one who had to step away and leave. It just it feels like a major disappointment to me and everything. Um, but before we kind of get more into the aftermath of all that, I do want to talk about what happened in FFA because, again, this is like a deja vu situation where it was the people and not the organization. Um, so, again, as I've said before, but maybe for anyone who this is their first ever time listening, I did not grow up in an agricultural background. My family had a cattle ranch, which we still have. It was my grandpa's up until he passed when I was in the fourth grade, and now it's my mom's. And when my sister graduates from high school, not this year, but next year, she's moving back there. I fully intend to live either with her or near her um, And while I'm you know, figuring out my next steps and everything. Definitely want to be in that area. Um, but, you know, my whole summers when I would come visit my grandpa, it was like riding horses, shipping cattle, doing stuff. But still, my experience was extremely limited. And I will admit that, you know, I've always been very open and honest about how limited my experience is. And I 
try very hard not to talk about things that I don't actually know about. And that's why I do put in a lot of effort to, you know, look at information and stuff when I'm writing episodes. Um, but I had wanted to join FFA my freshman year of high school and I couldn't because there was a requirement that you had to be in an ag class, which I wasn't. So I was like, okay, I'll wait till next year. Well, sophomore year, um, I fell into a really bad depressive state at the beginning of the school year. I basically, to make a long story short, had like one friend, did not have the same lunch as her. Going into the cafeteria would give me social anxiety because number one, I felt like everyone was staring at me, whether they were or they weren't. And then also like having to find a seat by myself because no one was in my lunch period and having to eat by myself, just that whole combination gave me so much anxiety and to the point that I was hiding in the bathroom during lunch because there was nowhere you were supposed to be other than the cafeteria during that point. And so I would just hide in the bathroom. And finally, I had a youth pastor be concerned about me. She called my counselor and my counselor was like, why don't you come eat lunch in the counseling office? And I did. That was basically where I ate both sophomore and junior year. Um, but so I started to get better after that point. But like I said, I was such in a deep depressive state. I was having mental breakdowns constantly. Anything could send me into just over the edge, you know? And for me, a mental breakdown is I just fully shut down and I'm just sobbing uncontrollably and anything can trigger it, whether it's like something you would expect or not. I literally had my math teacher walk over and I hadn't pulled my math out, my like homework out of my backpack. And she was like, where's your homework? And I just started crying because she simply asked me that question. It wasn't mean or anything. I just was so like mentally exhausted and I wasn't sleeping. I was eating very, very little. I actually think my nanny at the time, well, no, I don't even think she was there. I think it might've been my mom or someone. Like they asked me like, are you anorexic or something? Like, because I was not eating anything and I wasn't eating dinner. And they're like, well, are you like filling up at school and like eating a bunch of snacks when you come home? And my sister even was like, no, she's not eating when she comes home. So it was simply just like, I was in such a bad state. Um, but last year, uh, or not last year, freshman year of college, same situation. I wanted to join cattle women. And just like FFA, I'd hit this point where I was like, no, it's too late. I can't. Um, even if it was only a couple months into it, but during my depressive state and slowly as I was getting better, it became a friendship. I met one of my best friends who unfortunately have not talked to in so long. I keep meaning to text her. Um, but she was the historian for the FFA chapter, and we had a couple classes together, and our friendship started because she was going to national convention, and we had English together, and we had these essays that we had to switch with a partner, read theirs, review it, you know, give them some feedback, and so since she was going to national convention, we decided to pair up, you know, exchange phone numbers, all that, and we just started texting during it, and we became friends and everything, and she was like, please, you should join FFA, like, everything. And finally in January, I was like, I'm going to join. And we had another friend who was also joining and she was like, oh yeah, I'll totally give you a ride to and from the meeting. Cause that was kind of like a concern of mine was I didn't have a ride. But so we went and the very first meeting was our jamboree. So basically this was, um, all the CDEs, career development events and LDEs, learning development events that our club had or our chapter did. 
and you could kind of just walk around, see if there was any that piqued your interest. And so, um, I didn't really think about it. Didn't think I wanted to do any of these events at first, but while I was at that meeting, they talked about the district hockey night and I was like, oh, that would be fun. You know, I'd never been to a hockey game. Hadn't even really like knew much about hockey or anything. Um, it would be cool to, you know, hang out with people, get to know people. And so I went and I found out that I absolutely love hockey, which I guess I should have known considering in PE, whenever we do indoor hockey, I got so into it. We had a no hip checking rule because I would knock people out of my way. Um, but I just, I absolutely love the hockey game and it was nice getting to kind of hang out with people, get to know them more, um, and all that. Well, I eventually decided I want to compete. I want to get more involved, want to start doing more in agriculture. And I decided I wanted to do a public speaking event. Sorry, I need some water. Um, and so our chapter only did four of the public speaking events. So we did Creed, which is the FFA Creed. Starts with, I believe in the future of agriculture. That's as much as I know. You basically memorize it. And then I think they ask you questions like, what does this line mean to you? Um, job interview. So it's like a mock job interview. Exempt, which is what we called the bullshitting one, where you had like 40 minutes to write a speech. You basically had to pull facts out of your ass and just be confident enough in what you were saying and just like sell that uh, and then answer some questions, which I only love public speaking when I'm comfortable and I'm prepared for it. So I did prepared public speaking, which is where you write a six to eight minute speech, memorize it, and then ask answer like five minutes of questions. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And what I didn't know until she, our advisor told us or told me um, was I decided this on a Friday. The next week was midwinter break. And then the Wednesday following that was subdistricts. So the very first competition. So she was like, yeah, you have a week and a half to write a speech and memorize it. And I was like, what am I going to write it on? And so she gave me my topic and that was RFID cattle tags which if you don't know what that is, basically your debit card, your passport, your iPad, or iPad ID, all of that has an RFID chip in it and it stores all the information and everything. And these were basically little cow tags, like yay big, that were RFID. So you would scan them. They would tell you, you know, the cow's information, all these things. In theory, great idea. They were trying to make it mandatory in Washington. So all farmers and ranchers had to get them. But through all my information gathering, I can't say research now because I had a class yesterday and he was like, you can't call it research unless it's like scientific research where you're like doing an experiment. It's information gathering. Um, so I'm making the point not to say it. Um, but so through all my information gathering, I found there were so many issues with it and it was also very expensive. And so I was like, in theory, great idea should not become a requirement unless these issues get fixed. Um, but so yeah, I did all that. And at subdistricts, I placed six out of eight. Usually there's more than eight people. And so it's only the top eight move on. And in this case, there was only eight of us. So it was just kind of placing us to place us. I was like, awesome. Wasn't last person. I There was only one judge. I remember that because uh, they were low on judges. And I took what he said to me and I tweaked my, you know, 
uh, speech. Gosh, again, my mind is buffering. Um, and when I went to districts, I, I either placed fourth or fifth. You had to be the top five to move on. I think I was fourth, actually. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I got to go to state. Everyone was super happy for me. They were like, oh my gosh, no one ever goes to state with prepared their first year in our chapter. And I was the only person doing prepared. So everyone was, you know, super proud of me. And before we went to state is when my first issue with FFA popped up. So first of all, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not here to debate political, religious, sexual orientation, like any of those beliefs with people. It is my own personal belief that, you know, live your life the way you want to. Just don't try to impose it on me and we'll be totally fine. But at the same time, if you're being an absolute piece of shit, I am going to call you out on it if I feel like I need to. So to set the stage for this issue, I was in floral class and I was with my one other friend, not the one who got me into FFA, but the only other one I had. And there were three rows of two-person tables. So we were the very back one and it was me towards the window, her, two boys in front of us, two boys to the right of us, and one boy in front of them. We also had two TAs. There was a boy TA and a girl TA. Both of them were in FFA with me and the girl TA was dating someone who was transgender. And the male TA comes over and is chatting with all these boys and they're talking about people who are gay and people who are trans and they're just being absolutely horrible. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here, bite my tongue, not get involved. But then they started talking about the girl's boyfriend who, if I remember correctly, was in the classroom when this was happening. And they were just being absolutely horrible. And I finally had enough and I called them out on it. And I was like, you guys need to knock it off. You're being horrible. And I, especially to the male TA, was like, you are an FFA with this person. Like, you need to knock it off. And, you know, um, they all were like, Bailey, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. They were horrible. Um, and so, again, this was a Friday. I was like, do I say something to my teacher? And so I decided to, you know, go home, think about it. I talked to my mom and my sister. They were both like, you need to tell her. And so come Monday morning, I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? We go into the back room and I remember the male TA walking in. And I was like, I'm, I'm not talking until he leaves. And I tell her this whole situation and she was like, well, I can't do anything because I didn't hear it. And she was like, if it happens again, you need to let me know and I, I can come deal with it. I was like, okay, I understand that. So I decided I'm not going to tell my female TA and her boyfriend about the situation because why make them upset if there was nothing that can be done? Nothing happens after this for months. And suddenly we had a day where we were working out in the greenhouse and my teacher pulls me aside and we are in the entrance of the greenhouse, which there's the ag building, then the greenhouse and the greenhouse has a field or a field, a fence around it. That is where there's the goats and the chickens and everything. And so we're standing just outside of the gate of it while my classmates keep walking by. So they are privy to this conversation. And she was like, did something else happen? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, about the boys and like that situation. And I was like, no. And she goes, so why are you causing drama? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, why did you tell them, meaning the girl and her boyfriend, about the situation if nothing more is happening? And I was like, I, I didn't. I decided not to. 
And she's like, well, that's not what I was told. So you're out here creating drama and we don't tolerate drama in our chapter. And if this continues, we're going to kick you out, but like all this stuff. And I was genuinely so afraid that I was going to get kicked out. And it was one of those moments where you know that you didn't do whatever you're being accused of, but that person is just not going to believe you. And there's no way for you to prove your innocence. And so I'm just sitting here. I'm literally crying. I'm like thinking I'm getting kicked out and everything. And again, I never talked to them. And so I remember having to go to algebra the next, uh, well, algebra two trig, uh, the next period. And I just was still crying and everything. And when I got home, I told my sister about the situation because obviously she had heard about it prior. And not only was she in the same friend group as the girl, but did choir and the like theater and everything with the person who was trans. And so she talked to them the next day and she was like, why did you tell the teacher that Bailey told you this when she didn't? And they were like, we didn't, we never said that. And she was like, well, my sister just got yelled at yesterday saying that she came and told you all this and everything and is now being told she's going to get kicked out of the chapter and everything. And they were like, no, no, we never said that. Like Bailey has not even talked to us whatsoever. Um, And so from what I think was pieced together by my sister and them was, or again, this is my sister had a conversation. She told me about the conversation. What I think happened was the male TA, I don't know what just happened on the screen, spun the story and told them something different. And that somehow got back to our teacher who then spun it as I told them and all this. And the most ironic thing was I was never involved in any of the drama. And if anybody was creating the drama, it was the teacher, um, which will come back up later. But I basically didn't really have any more issues the rest of that year. She dropped it. We were good. I went to state. Everything was great. Come fall of my junior year, I am in ag speech and communications. This was a new class. I thought it was going to be all public speaking, but it was mainly like trying out different FFA uh, competitions. And for whatever reason, there was a climate change environmentalist activist from the local ski mountain who wanted to come work with one of the classes and they decided it would be ours. And mind you, again, your political beliefs are your political beliefs. Don't shove it down my throat. But this man was so like liberal and it was my opinion or you don't get an opinion and he's like shoving it down our throats and it was just horrible but he also kept asking us to do these assignments that were huge insane were not even getting graded on had nothing to do with our class and I'm like why are we doing this I remember one was this giant essay and I'm freaking out about it and I wasn't even getting graded on it because it was something he asked us to do But there was this one thing he wanted us to do where it was like a bingo sheet kind of scavenger hunt thing. And I mean, it was things like how much diesel do the buses use an entire year? How much gas do students use driving to school? Um, How much waste does the school provide? Like all these random things that we really had no way of knowing the answers to. And so we kind of split off into groups and people would take specific ones. I remember my group when I was at first doing it did the bus one. And so we called the bus garage and they're like, we don't even have that information. Like why? And everybody was basically being faced with the exact same thing. And I remember he told the waste people 
to just call and ask for the high school's um, invoice. And I talked to my mom, who was a police officer, and she was like, um, they can't do that. That is illegal. And so I told the girls, I was like, hey, maybe don't do that. Because like, this is what my mom said. And he got so pissed at me that I told him not to do it. Um, but my mom told me, she was like, you do not have to do this assignment if you don't want to. That is insane. It's not even actually part of your class grade, whatever. So I am respectfully sitting there like, and again, same classroom setup. Um, and because this is going to come into the play here in a minute, the way that the ag building was set up was there was what I'm going to call the floral room, a middle room that had a table. Then it connected to the other classroom, which was the welding classroom, which then the shop was on the other side of it. So I'm sitting at the table right in front of my teacher's desk, and I'm just respectfully sitting there. I think I might have been working on other homework, and mind you, this dude was pretty tall. And so he comes, and he's towering over me as I'm sitting there, and he's like, why aren't you working on this? And I go, respectfully, my mom told me I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it. And he's like, well, why don't you want to do it? And I was like, because frankly, I think this is a stupid assignment that has nothing to do with the class, is not being graded is huge for no reason um and all these things and he just like kept hounding me and stuff and I was like can you please step back like you are making me uncomfortable like please leave me alone I am just sitting here there's no reason for you to do this and he would not leave me alone and again I'm feeling like overstimulated freaking out I have this super tall grown man hovering over what was a 15 year old at that time? Cause I was, I know I wasn't 16 yet. And I'm like, I'm like, please walk away from me. And I'm starting to get disrespectful. And everyone knows I do not get disrespectful unless I absolutely have to. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to the office. Like I am breaking down crying. I hit a point where I can't even speak anymore. And so my teacher had walked out because we there was two classes at the same time. There's ag leadership, which you had to be an FFA member and like maybe 10 people were in that class. So they combined it with another class. And so she walked out towards the end where she hears me start getting disrespectful. And so she follows me into the hallway and for 10 minutes proceeds to basically yell at me how I'm super disrespectful. I need to decide whether I want to stay in the, the FFA chapter, like all this stuff. And I'm like, please let me go. I just want to go to the office. And so finally I'm able to leave. I remember I passed one of my favorite teachers. And mind you, this teacher had been one of my favorites for a long time until all these issues happened. Um, and so I passed my other favorite teacher who was one of my history teachers, amazing man, I just have to say. And he sees me and he's like, are you okay? Like what's going on? And I was like, I am not okay. Don't worry. I'm headed to the counseling office. Like we're all good. And so I get in there and mind you, I was one of their TAs. Like I was the TA for the next period. And so they're like, what are you doing here? And the way it was set up is there was the receptionist who I was very close to, the registrar who always had her door open, four counselors, and then the school psychologist. So I'm telling our receptionist what was going on. The registrar hears it. She comes out and they're both like listening to me tell this. And they go, the fact that you got disrespectful really means the situation was not okay because that like... um you don't, you don't get disrespectful. And I was like, no, I don't. I was like, I am so overstimulated. Like he's towering over me. I was not comfortable, like all this stuff. And then I was like, and then she proceeded to scream at me for 10 minutes about how disrespectful I was instead of just letting me come down here. And so 
the receptionist calls back my counselor and she's like, hey, do you have a student? And she's like, no. And she goes, okay, I'm sending Bailey back because like there's a situation that she needs help with. And so I tell her, she calls my mom, who mind you, at this point, I hadn't even thought to call my mom. I was just so like overstimulated. And so she calls my mom, they're on speakerphone, she's telling her what's going on. They decide that there needs to be a meeting because my mom's like, this is getting out of hand. This man is now like bullying a 15 year old girl. And so the problem was my mom had busted her knee at this point. So getting this meeting was like impossible. Um, And so it kept getting like postponed and not happening and everything. And basically what we decided was until this meeting happened, if he was on campus, I was not there. I would come to the office. And mind you, like he was there two to three times a week. And I was like, yeah, cool. We're not going to class. Um, But then... I had decided that I wanted to do something more than just doing public speaking. I also wanted to show animals, which mind you, at this point, I was doing my second speech and that was about wolves in Washington. Um, But so at our school, there was the pig barn. So if you wanted to do a show pig, you could keep it there. And then we had the school goats and the chickens. If you did any other animal, you had to find somewhere else to keep it. And so I knew there was no way my mom was going to let me raise one. So I wanted to show one of the school goats and I approached her asking if it would be okay if I did that. And so she pulls me into her teeny tiny office and she's like, well, the thing is it's seniority and then it's people who don't create drama and don't have issues and everything. And that's not you because, you know, you've been having a lot of issues and like all this stuff. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, you're seriously punishing me for the situation with this man. And so I decide to drop it and I was like, fine, we won't do the meeting. Hopefully that will help my chances. Um, And then COVID happened, which also before this, a lot of my classmates were like, Bailey, you overreacted. Like they were talking shit about me behind my back because again, they only heard the part where I started getting disrespectful. Whereas the two people sitting behind me, which was a boy and a girl who I was kind of close with, we all hated him. Um, they were like, no, like you guys didn't hear the whole situation and like explained it. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, no, which I was like, first of all, everyone in this classroom hated him. Why are you saying I was overreacting for standing up for it? Um, but so yeah, and then COVID happened and we were social distanced. We had an assignment to create a blog of some sort, which I continued for a while. Um, and she even was like, oh my God, like, this is so great. You're doing doing so awesome, whatever. Um, And so mind you also, at the end of sophomore year, I had applied to be an officer, did not get it, figured, you know, I've only been in here for half a year, maybe next year. So because of COVID, our first semester of my senior year, everybody was at home. Second semester, you had the option to come back to school if you wanted to. My mom chose no for me. And so in the fall, we had finally done officer applications. And for this one, it was you just created a video and everybody voted on it. And the way it was is there were nine people in eight positions. And of those nine people, there was four of us who were seniors and five juniors. So I thought I had a really good shot. Um, And so it was, you know, number one is who you think should be president all the way to number eight. And then you just didn't put somebody on there. And so I put a lot of effort into my video. I was, you know, I've been in this chapter for three years. 
I've been a class officer all four years. I was co-class president, would have been full class president, but another girl wanted it. And I knew if it came to a vote, they'd pick her because she was more popular. So I was like, fine, we can do co. Even though I was the only person who had done it all four years. Um, But I was like, you know, I'm hardworking. I'm reliable. I'm creative. Like all these things, just trying so hard to get a position. And I remember my best friend had texted me and she goes, hey, did you see the list? And I was like, no, I didn't know it had come out because of course they put it on Facebook and I did not use Facebook. So she sends me the photo and it's not loading because like we were at home and my sister and I were going to run some errands. And I remember we get to the point of the road where I finally get good service and it comes through and I'm like looking at it and I just keep reading through it and I'm like, my name is not on here. I, I didn't get a position. I thought I would have at least gotten like the lowest spot on the totem pole. Um, and so I just like start crying because again, I can't help it. I just start crying and my sister calls my mom and she tells her what happened. And my mom's like, well, maybe you can email her and ask like why you didn't get it. And I was like, I am not emailing that woman. Absolutely not. And so my best friend and her mom called me and first of all, I love her mom, love mama Amy. Um, and you know, she was so supportive. She's like, you know what? I've dealt with this woman for four years now. If you were to email her, she would not, you know, be helpful in any way, shape or form. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, and at that time I was still sitting with the belief of everybody just didn't vote for me. And then I start getting a lot of messages from people saying they voted for me. So from the amount of people who messaged me, because the only people who could vote were people who were current members and we were kind of lacking in membership, I had to have gotten a position. And so what we all realized was she purposely picked me to not be in a position. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm done. If you're going to keep doing stuff like this to me, there's no reason for me to be a part of it. And I never like officially dropped out or anything. I just didn't purposely engage in all of that. But the next thing that really pissed me off, that was like my final thing with FFA, was come graduation time, I really wanted to get my cords, which if you don't know what that is, it's usually, some of them are ropes, other ones are just like very decorative and they signify some sort of, some sort of achievement. So for me, I had a sash that said class officer, because again, I was class officer all four years. And then I also had, I think it was a maroon or even a gold one, because our colors were maroon and gold. And that was my honor society cord. But I really, really, really wanted my blue and gold one for FFA. And there was a list of requirements. And the only requirement that I did not meet was you had to have served as an officer. And I was like, you mean the position that I specifically was not able to get because you picked me out of it. I can't get it because of that. And so one day, I forget why I was at the school, but I had gone to the school for something. And I stopped by my Spanish professor, I always want to say professor, teacher's classroom. And I think it was like her free period and we were just chatting and everything. She absolutely loved me, kept trying to get me to continue in Spanish, but just the way that our credits were set up. For me to continue taking ag classes to be an FFA, I could not have also done Spanish while also getting all the other credits I needed. And so we're chatting. Her son had joined FFA kind of around the same time as me, but really did not do much with it. 
And I was telling her about the fact that, you know, I was an officer, so I can't get it. And she goes, um, he wasn't an officer, but he got the cords. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So she made an exception or even that wasn't actually a rule. It was just not so Bailey can get it. Um, and so I was like, wow, I don't even get my cords. Are you, are you kidding me? I've done three years worth of stuff in here and people who didn't do anything still get them. I, I was done. Um, and to further explain things here, cause like that's the last thing I have on my list for that part is the drama, just constantly being accused of starting drama, being in drama, all this. To understand this, our advisor, because there was two advisors, we had the female one who was in charge of all the CDEs and LDEs and the male one who was the welding teacher and he did all like the animal stuff. The female advisor went from being in the chapter, went to the agriculture school in the state and then went back and took over and became the advisor. So she never left that like high school mentality, which is so funny because I feel like most people do. Um, but so she was the one who was always creating the drama and anybody who wasn't a part of it got blamed for it. And so I always felt like that wasn't fair. Like you're the one who's sitting here gossiping, creating problems, but then you're blaming it on the people who aren't doing anything. Um, so yeah. FFA was ruined for me and um, we'll kind of get into the lessons and the stuff that I learned from both situations because, you know, that's kind of where I'm at here. And for both of them, I feel like I lost agriculture for a bit. With FFA, I had planned for when I went to college that I was not going to do an agriculture major because, again, as I said before, I was in that belief where the only ones you had were ranch management or the sciences. And I should have just actually looked at the ag majors, but I didn't. And so I chose hospitality because at the time I was like, I'm gonna have a lodging business. I'm gonna have a cattle ranch, like all this. I was like, I can do more stuff. I had a whole list of, you know, clubs I wanted to join considering the collegiate cattle women and collegiate FFA. And this was all decided before like the final situations because I found out that I had been accepted to MSU a year early. Like I found out in July before my senior year because I got really early acceptance. Um, and so I, going through that afterwards, I was like, well, I don't belong in agriculture. If this is the situation that I keep getting put in, I, I don't belong to be here. And I just kind of lost my desire. And I kind of hit that point where I was like, I still want to do cattle ranching, but like, that's a later thing. You know, I'll get through college and my lodging stuff and then I'll figure that part out later. But slowly through freshman year of college, it all started to come back. I also had an amazing roommate who does listen to the podcast, um, who did come from a ranching background and was an ag major. And I think she was probably the best person I could have had at that point because she really helped me get back into it again with someone who always was like willing to explain stuff to me and everything. And so, yeah, I started to feel comfortable and getting back into it again. Like I said, I had this idea where like, if it was a month or two into school, it's too late to join the club. So I decided I'm going to join the collegiate cattle women our sophomore year, which I did. Um, and then 
you know, that was that for FFA. But for now, it was like I started the podcast right when things had started happening. Like, as I said, we had that second officer meeting. And at that meeting, our advisor was like, well, what if we did a podcast for like the education thing? And they're like, no, no one really listens to podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I've literally always wanted a podcast. I literally bought this microphone, which I'll pick up my little heyday microphone. Um, I bought that so that I could create a podcast my senior year of high school and I never did. And so I was like, what if I create a podcast that's about agriculture and it's about education? And so, you know, I did start that literally that Saturday. Um, But as things progressed and I started losing all desire to be at Cattle Women and do anything, you can also see it reflected in the podcast episodes because after the, the like Thanksgiving episode and on, that's when things were really not great for me and I was in a really bad place. And you'll notice none of those really had anything to do with agriculture except for the fact that I forced myself to do the ag segments. Um, so yeah, I was really losing that like, excuse me, motivation and just also feeling like I belonged in agriculture. Like I even had a spot to sit and talk and everything. And going home, I think was really good. Having a break from college, a break from, you know, being here with these people and having to be so close to the situation and just getting time to heal and, you know, rediscover why I started it. Um, I think that was everything that I needed. And that's why, you know, suddenly the episodes are getting better. Um, things are falling into place and everything. And so, yeah, just feeling like I lost agriculture and it was that imposter syndrome again, you know, episode number three, which is the most listened to, um, podcast episode. So I feel like that's one that probably really resonates with people and it just kept coming up. I was like, I feel like a fake you know, when I'm standing in front of everybody and I'm being ignored and I'm like, why am I here? How did I even become the president if this is the situation I'm in? And so I think that's the thing is when we, and I'm going to keep talking about this, when we put people down and we don't support them, they lose that desire. They don't want to be a part of agriculture because they feel like they don't have a place in it. And that is not what we want here. Um, The second one is, you know, the mental toll. I, my whole thing here, as always, I try to be very honest and transparent in social media. If I'm not telling you guys that I'm in a depression, you'll notice it from my extreme lack of posting. Not podcast wise, but like social media wise, like Instagram. I usually try to post at least one story a day. And if you don't see me for weeks, That means I'm usually in a really deep depression and I don't have the energy in me to even attempt to fake it. And I also don't want to put that part out there, which again, you know, honest transparency, all that. But um, I was sitting here having to fake the podcast and be like, yeah, I'm in an organization and it's great. And it was not. And also um, pretend like I wasn't struggling in a deep depression and feeling like I you know, had any purpose anymore because I had started to get into it and then suddenly things got worse and I was like, oh, nope, I don't have a spot here. Um, So yeah, it 
really does hurt people's mental health when these things happen. Um, number three really applies to the cattle women situation specifically. And give me a second. I'm going to readjust again. Sorry. This couch is not like super deep and I like to sit in a way that I have like one knee propped up so I can like have the mic up. Um, and my foot started hurting, so I had to fix it. Um, but so number three is not only did I lose a friend, but I also loves, lost something I loved. So as I stated, one of those people in the cattle women situation was someone I viewed as a friend. And from the second we had that first meeting, I was like, this is not a friend anymore. And so I was like, wow, okay, I lost them. But then also having it feel like unless they left, there was no way I could stay. And so me having to be the person who had to leave, I felt like I was having something I loved taken away from me and it was done by someone who I thought was a friend. And so losing them and losing that at the same time really sucked and was really also playing a major part in like how I was feeling with everything. And I just have to say, you know, especially when you're doing something with a friend and then they're no longer a friend, it usually does impact the thing that you were doing together because you associate them with that. And so, yeah, it's taken me quite a while to get past that part. Um, but I feel like that's also something that kind of even further than that is not only did I lose a friend, but I lost one of the only people I considered a friend. Because the thing is, in college, it's extremely easy to make friends. But having genuine friends and people who are more than just a in-class, hey, do you have the answers to this homework? And actually hanging out and doing stuff together and you're actually able to, you know, open up and talk about things and it's like a genuine friendship, it's impossible. And it's even more impossible when you're not someone who goes out and parties and everything. Because again, I quite literally go to class and I come home. That is the extent of my life. Um, which, you know, the podcast and everything gives me more, even though it doesn't take me outside of the apartment. But constantly I'm like, I don't have a roommate. Like you can come over whenever you want. I have games. I have movies. I have all this. I'm a hospitality major. Like I'm going to feed you all this stuff. And no matter what, I can't get anybody to come over. I'll plan things. And again, nobody's there. And so to have someone that I can actually consider a friend because most of the time I call people friends but even then like even I deep down know they're not actually a friend to me unless they need something um but so to have someone that I did actually consider to be a friend leave and all this situation it kind of just worsened my loneliness because I haven't really talked about the roommate situation that I had last year, but, you know, to kind of give you guys some, I don't know, information in this case, I'm in my third apartment in one year. Well, a little more than one year now. My first apartment, I was in such a horrible situation that I had to move out in two months. And I felt so lonely because I had no one at that point. Like, I was having panic attacks. Um, that's when my hypoglycemia became a thing was that situation. I had so much stress happen to my body that it literally created a condition in me. And so my 
mental and physical health were decreasing. And yeah, I had nobody to talk to about uh, with the situation. Like my family knew and there was only so much they could do, but I had no one. And then I moved to my other apartment, which was temporary because I had already signed the lease for this one. So I just had to finish out the year in that one. Um, and I had a roommate and, you know, even though we were very different, we got along. So I even, you know, coming home and everything, I did have social interaction. I had someone to talk to. Um, but even at that apartment, I maybe had two people come over in the entire time I lived there. And here I've had three people. I, well, four people in total come to my apartment. Two of them were, uh, officers. One was for a movie night I planned and only one member showed up. And the other one is my former roommate, Sarah. She has been the only other person who's come over. And I well, actually know there's a lot. There's also two other people, but that was strictly, we had a presentation, how to practice it. Um, so I don't even count that because that's not even friendship. That's class. But so anyways, as you can tell, I've not had people really come over and just hang out. And so I do get super lonely. There are days where I realize I'm like, I haven't talked in hours. And so I have to talk to myself to like keep myself from going insane because, you know, I'm in here all by myself. And as my mom always says, she's like, you're at that point in life where like people are going to be lonely and all this stuff. And like, I know she's trying to help, but it's not. But, you know, just saying like, even though I'm okay with being alone, I don't want to be alone all the time. And there's a difference between being alone and being lonely and I feel like I'm lonely all all the time. And so, yeah, I think that whole situation really worsened things for me. And that's why I think I have one of those goals for this year of trying to make at least one new friend that is like a genuine friend and someone I actually hang out with so that I don't feel so lonely here. Um, but the final like lesson that we have here is I really, really hope that again, Please do not take these situations as a, you should not join organizations, don't join these specific organizations, because again, I still believe in FFA, I still believe in Montana Cattle Women, it's just the people in the specific chapters. And so I really hope that if you are to take anything from this, it is don't do the things that these people did to me, because I... It's like, you know, when you get cheated on, you could not imagine cheating on someone else and making them feel how you feel. That is how I feel here. I could not imagine not supporting someone and putting them in my place. Like I would not wish this on anyone because this whole situation has hurt me so much and, you know, has all the things I've previously listed. And so again, if there's anything that you are to learn from this, if you're at any point in your agriculture journey, maybe you've spent your whole life in it, you've just started, whatever. If you are a step above anyone else, please look back at the people behind you and support them because I don't think you would want this to happen to you. And again, I would not wish this onto anyone else. And so I think that's another reason why I have such a big push to support people is because I've experienced this. And as much as I hate it and it's been a horrible situation for me, I'm also thankful that this is a situation I've gone through because it's given me so much more empathy and has helped me 
also understand why I'm doing what I do. Um, but yeah, that's what I have for that. One last note on this section is I personally am not swearing off organizations. I'm just taking a break. Um, when this first started, I was like, well, if I leave, I can just go join the Montana cattle women, like the local chapter, which is going to be grown women who are ranchers actually in the industry and everything. Um, and I think that could be great. I'd also be like the youngest person there, but right now I just want to take a break and think about whether I actually want to do that or not. And, you know, just play it by ear for now. But again, please don't not join organizations because of this. And actually another thing I want to say before my closing stuff here is I know I always ask for feedback and I don't always get it here, but if you were to ever reach out to me for a specific reason, it's this one. I would really, really love for people to reach out with either their stories of being supported or supporting someone else and seeing that impact because I want to hear about other people, you know, getting this support and everything because... I want more than just my story. And again, it can be, it will be fully anonymous if you don't want your name being said whatsoever, but I would love to share other people's stories because I know it's not just me who's having experiences like this, but I also want to show the good and the actually getting supported side. So please, if you do have a story like this, let me know. I would really appreciate that. Anyways, let's close this out with more happy, exciting things. Again, I'm really proud of myself for not crying because I genuinely thought I was going to be a mess through this entire thing, but maybe it was the fact that the camera was actually on that did it. Um, but I'm really, really happy to announce that the podcast name has officially been picked. And before I announce what it is, I will explain real quick why I'm changing the name of the podcast for those who maybe didn't hear it the first time, or also to give a little more of an explanation. So number one, I saw another podcast change their name, and this was someone who was like super successful. And I also thought, you know, I'm at that point where I'm 10 episodes in, because when I decided we hadn't hit episode 11 yet, um, and I was like, this is a perfect time to change it. You know, there's not a whole lot of people who currently follow it. It's a good time. Um, another reason is when I named it Big Sky Cowgirl Podcast, it really felt like it was for me and not for the intended purpose of the podcast. And so that was kind of a reason I want to change it. I also felt embarrassed when people had asked me what it was called, um, exactly like yesterday when I had class and I decided to open my mouth and say I had a podcast and then they're asking me what the name was. And mind you, this was a class that had three different majors in it. And I had only known some of the other people, but like there was eight of us in the hospitality little corner of the room. And I was kind of close with a couple of them. And then it's like dietetics and sustainable food systems. And so it was very awkward explaining that to those people. And I just was like, why did I open my mouth and say this? Um, but I want to be proud of this. Again, I have an issue telling people I do content creation, whether it's my podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, anything. 
because I hate knowing that they're going to go find me and like watch it and stuff, especially if they watch it in front of me. Um, but I want to be able to be proud of this and not be ashamed to tell people what the name of it is because overall I am proud of my podcast and I'm proud that I have created something that is here for supporting people and is all about agriculture. Um, so yeah, that's why I decided to ultimately change the name and the reason it took so long, because again, I did want to announce it with the first episode of the year is because I wanted one that I wasn't going to, again, feel like I have to change in a couple months. So we really thought about it and I'll tell you guys what it is and then also how I came to this name. So the official new name is Home on the Ranch Podcast. So how I got to here was... I had done a lot of like business name generators and I'd put in words like Western, ranch, agriculture, all these things. And I would get words and stuff that I liked. And I just created like a list in my notes app of like anything that I liked for any reason that like maybe I could tweak it and like combine them, whatever. And nothing was working. And I was just getting so exhausted and I'm, you know, trying to squeeze my brain, come up with it. And the name actually was decided right before I started filming. I was getting ready doing makeup and I finally came up with it because I kind of working through my thought process here, I hit a point where I was like, okay, I want maybe something that says like ranch in it, but I also want something that is like welcoming to everyone. Cause like one of the things I found was like, Hey cowgirl or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to use the word like cowgirl again because I feel like, again, that isolates guys. Like they feel like they aren't welcome in here, which is not my goal. Every single person is welcome. And so I was like, okay, maybe we can do something with like welcome. And I was like, welcome ranch. And I was like, mm, I don't like that. And so I was like, what are synonyms for ranch? And hospitality came up and I was like, I'm a hospitality major. And I was like, what do I think of when I think of hospitality? I was like home. And then I was like, Home on the Ranch, which reminds me of Home on the Range, which, you know, is a song. It's also an amazing Disney movie if you've ever seen it. Just chef's kiss. The yodeling scene is one of my absolute favorites. I'm not ashamed to admit that that song is on my Spotify playlist. Um, but so I loved it. I was like Home on the Ranch. You know, it feels homey, welcoming. I still get the words that I wanted into it. Um, so I'm really happy with that. I did, however, look it up. I always do this. If I am naming something, I make sure that it's not already a name. Like when I originally named my podcast, the Big Sky Cowgirl podcast, I made sure nobody else already had that. And so some things did pop up, um, but it was like episode titles for podcasts or similar things. But most of the time it also was home on the range and they just put it with lumped it into everything, but I did not find a single other home on the ranch podcast. So hopefully we're not stepping on any toes. Um, I'm so, so excited that we finally have the name that's going to go into effect immediately. I got to figure out the artwork that will be the new, um, blurb for Spotify and everything, but yeah. And then I need a new media name. So again, it was big sky cowgirl podcast by big sky cowgirl media and I want to change that as well. That one I haven't decided yet. I don't think it's going to be like Home on the Ranch Media. Might be. Who knows? Um, I'm going to figure that out like as soon as I'm done filming because I want to get that fixed and everything too. 
but I'm really excited for where this is going to go. And I really hope that's a new, more welcoming name for people. Um, so yeah, the next like a little announcement thing that I want to say is moving forward, all of the podcast episodes, I'm going to kind of take a step back in featuring myself so much. Obviously this episode was a lot about me and we've had episodes like the Thanksgiving, the Christmas, the my goals for the new year, all those things. Number one, I've noticed they don't do very well. But at the same time, there needs to be a certain element of my life in it to make it feel like an actual person. Like you can connect to me and everything. But I just want to take like a step back and not do full episodes like this. I feel like this episode was needed. Um, but moving forward, I just really want to focus on the agriculture and itself. So hopefully that works out great. Um, next one, I think I mentioned YouTube and how I was struggling with it. But my goal here is now that we have the new name and getting that all figured out is I want to start getting videos up. Like I want to do a intro video about like who I am, what the podcast is about, what the media stuff is about, all that. And then I want to upload the podcast episodes. Um, I might up upload like even the older ones that were audio only, just get it all on YouTube. But then beyond that, I want to do other videos. So it's not just another place that the podcast is being put. It's going to be anything that might be like behind the scenes for the podcast or even YouTube. And um, that's where you're going to find the Western fashion stuff. I still really love Western fashion. I love talking about it, but I felt like it just did not work very well with the podcast. I mean, it got okay views, but still, I just felt like it's not as easy to do it because with a video, like YouTube video, I can do like actually show you guys more, especially because with the podcast, I'm sitting down. I don't move around. Whereas with YouTube, I can, you know, move around and actually show you guys stuff. Um, there's also going to be other agriculture stuff, maybe things that I don't deem like a episode worthy, but might be YouTube worthy. And then I would love to do interviews. There is a lot of components to doing podcast interviews, but it would be so easy to do YouTube interviews. So I think that would be really awesome to set up. So I'm going to try to get that stuff going as soon as possible. I'm also going to try to get better about making sure I'm posting on TikTok and Instagram for the podcast more regularly, especially like taking clips of the podcast and then putting it on um, like TikTok and stuff. So we're going to do better with that. I also am going to restart slash refresh my personal YouTube. So I started doing YouTube when I was a senior in high school and I stopped last year. I decided I'm not going to do these anymore. So I've taken almost a year hiatus from it. Um, and I finally got access to my original account again. But what I'm going to do is either start up as if, you know, just there was a break and we continue from here or archive like or even delete all the old videos start fresh or even just create a whole new account haven't decided yet but that is going to be if you really do want to see more of my personal life and everything and some like extra content especially western fashion stuff like that you can find it there i do also have a goal of trying to cook at least 50 new things this year so i'm thinking maybe that will be a series is like cooking with me and all that so there's that um Last couple things. Number one, website. I do currently technically have a website for this. Again, now that the name's changed, I've got to fix it. 
So again, that might be something that either gets altered or is just going to be wiped and started fresh. But my goal with the website is, again, it's like another place to find all of the content and everything. And it's also going to be a place where you can do like the contact forms and get to talk to me and stuff like that. And the very last thing is feedback. I know I asked for it and I never really get it, but I would really, really, really love to hear more feedback from people. I want to know what content you guys want to see. I think there's only so many interesting topics I can come with come up with at the moment. Like for example, the food labels. Uh, next episode is right to repair laws. I have a couple other ones in the bank, but I'm very limited. And I would really love to curate my content to what people deem is the things they want to learn the most. Because again, I'm here to help people get into agriculture. And I want to make sure that, you know, if there's something you specifically want to learn about, I'm able to help people do that. Plus, I also just really like feedback in general. So if you have anything, please let me know. And I cannot wait for this coming week's episode. Like I said, it's going to be right to repair laws, which I'm not really going to talk about now um, because I have so much information to share with you guys. I've read through an entire lawsuit, which is super interesting and everything. And I'm also going to be structurally doing the podcast episode a little differently. So I really hope you guys enjoy that. But um, yeah, again, if you guys have a story similar to mine about either, well, Actually, I really, really love to hear more about being supported than uh, going through a situation like mine. But again, please reach out and I will see you guys very soon with the next episode.